You're listening to Jonathan Beckett's podcast. Each week I talk to bloggers all over the world about their blogging journey, how they write, where they write, when they write, and what they write about. New episodes of the podcast appear on Friday evenings at soundcloud.com slash John Beckett. They also appear on Spotify, iTunes, and TuneIn. If you want to find out a bit more about each episode, you can find out at johnbeckett.com. And finally, if you would like to be on the podcast and talk about your blog, send me an email. My contact details are available at johnbeckett.com slash contact. So this evening we are talking to Ian Hope, who is a blogger I've known for a while now. Um, and he probably breaks records for having moved blogs more often than I have which is quite <laughs> incredible, really, because I thought I held the record. So I'm obviously going to have to try harder. So hello, Ian. <laughs> hello. How are you? I'm very good. Um, so where are you from, Ian? I'm originally from Manchester in England, a place called Swinton, and now in Bolton, which is 10 miles away, um, into Lancashire for about 15, 16 years, something like that. So I've not moved too far, but yep, north of England, northwest of England. I've got a bit of a story here. Um, I was once, I was going up to Manchester with work and the train was absolutely packed and I didn't manage to get off the train before the doors closed. (laughs) And I ended up in Bolton. (laughs) Oh, did you? And then I was looking around on the platform for anybody that might catch me for not having a ticket so I could get back on the opposite train to go back to Manchester again. (laughs) <laughs> so hiding in this railway station for half an hour. <laughs> well, the, the the train service hasn't changed in in any way, shape, or form. It's still you still like sardines on a train, and uh, you're lucky if you can get on or off. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's it like up in Manchester for anybody that's not been there? It kind of is like any 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 city, really. I suppose it's um, just a smaller version of London, or like Leeds is is similar size. It's um, lots to do lots going on it was uh, a big industrial there. city wasn't it years ago yes yeah the, the cotton industry uh, i mean we where we live um a lot of the old cotton mills have been converted now and into house into apartments you've got the classic example would be uh, sulfur keys which is yeah I've uh, worked there. where the <laughs> yeah where the now all the uh, bbc and itv uh, tv studios have moved up here from london um, so it's 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 sort of shedding that industrial um what's the word i know what you mean kind of, yeah yeah the, the whole city has had to change itself almost reinvent itself yeah exactly yeah and um so yeah it's it's, it's busy the the city centre is still growing at a, a massive rate the cranes that are still up they still seem to find land and build again so it, yeah it's, it's never changing it's i think it's moving all the time so yeah it's good it's um Cause i guess through the 80s and 90s I, whenever i think of manchester i think of all the music that came out of there yeah oh yeah so I'm, many famous I did, bands. Uh, <laughs> oh massive i mean for me growing up the i i left high school in 1990 so 16 in 1990 so the the summer of love as they called it sort of 88 89 with the acid house music came over from sort of the east coast of america you had the indie bands that that I was say the Happy Mondays and all that lot, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, from from sorts of Stone Roses as well, yeah. Stone Roses, yeah, and it just and then they grew and Spiral Carpets and then Oasis came out of that in the in the mid nineties, well early nineties. Out of they were following those bands 
Um, so yeah, it, the music scene has been it must have been phenomenal. incredible to have all that happening right on your doorstep. It, it, it was, and to be at that age as well. Yeah, to be to be sort of sixteen, seventeen. What was the first computer <laughs> that you remember using? The first computer I got, if you can call it computer, was an Atari. Yep. You mean the one with the when fake you... teak, the the games machine? Yeah, the, the games machine. You play Pitfall and Donkey Kong oh, and yep, Pac-Man. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so that that was my first one. Uh, I remember my friend got a Spectrum. Uh, was it ZX? Yeah, Spectrum, ZX, ZX Spectrum, yeah. With the soft push buttons on yep, the keyboard. First time we ever got a keyboard on a computer. And a Commodore 64 came along. They were all mainly games consoles. Uh, yep. I remember at school, when we did computing at school, it was... We had these BBC machines. Yeah, so did we. <laughs> you, you, had to, you had to type in. Yeah, because I think we're a similar age, aren't yes, we? So, we are. um, you'd you'd type in a lot of code, and suddenly this program had run on your screen, and all all, all this all these um, paragraph all these words had come up, and suddenly it run a program. Yeah. Whereas now you obviously just fire it up and double click on an icon, and you're away. So I re- that's where what I remember. It was all the games machines, the Atari, the the Spectrum, the Commodore, then these BBC. PCs that we had at school. That's kind of what I remember yeah. in the and mid mid to late eighties. So when was the first time you remember seeing the internet? I was thinking about this earlier. I'm. Or can you remember before in, the internet with things I like CompuServe? No, no, that or, doesn't ring a bell. America for me. Online, maybe, or bulletin boards. Well, I remember, yes, that was one of the first things when we got our first computer i remember at work we got computers and they got the internet and probably looking late 90s i think and i remember we we got our first computer big desktop with a crt monitor that was huge and you 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 went online and you could never use your phone line because it was using the phone line for your internet so I'd get my dad the next day ringing up saying, I, I tried to call you yesterday. Was you on the phone? Who were you talking to? And I'm like, no, I was online because <laughs> you could <laughs> never use the two. And I remember the message because my brother is, I think, 12 years older than me. And he, he emigrated to America back in the early 80s. Um, he, he lives over in Sacramento. And we communicated a lot via email. Right. Because I remember growing up and it used to be used to ring American. It was like a pound a minute for your yes. call. It was so expensive. Yeah. So when I got, we got email, uh, we communicated via email. And then he was on a couple of message boards and with some other expats and talk about all sorts of things, sport, TV, news and stuff. And I remember used to really enjoy logging on and sort of yakking with these people on message boards all around the world. And it was, you know, I'd be posting a comment, but somebody would be, I'd have to wait probably eight hours for them to reply because they're at the other side of the world on a different time zone. Um, And I still use message boards now um, and forums. I I can remember back in the day, there was um, a system in the UK, probably nobody else in the world had anything like it, called Kix or CompuLink Information Exchange. And the software to right. connect to it was purposely designed. It was called an offline reader. So it would go online yeah. on your phone, grab all the messages, send out the ones you had written, and then disconnect. <laughs> so <laughs> then you, you kind of cached everything. It was like downloading yes. the internet in a burst, and then you could go offline <laughs> and have a read of it, choose what you were going to do, and then do another burst. <laughs> right. <laughs> See, I'd, ne- I'd never heard of, of that. It was, it was all... AOL message boards and emails. I always remember used to when we used to all communicate via email, and we never used messages or 
WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger and used to log on in the evening because uh, you'd never be on your computer all day. Like you're on a phone now, you're connected to the internet 24-7 and used to log on to the email and you'd have all these, you know, loads of emails chatting and, and jokes. And everybody used to forward stuff on email. Yeah. And then I think really when social media, when I, th- I think in about 2008, I think I, I started going on Facebook and email just died. People then got into texts when we used to be able to Bluetooth and you used to and your screens did multimedia your phones did multimedia messaging yeah and suddenly email died and the computer use just dropped and everybody suddenly was whatsapping yeah. people or, or texting yeah. and Oh, can you uh, remember yeah. though? Before the um, the modern phones came in, and you had the old phones with I think it was called A yes. nine, the texting system, where to do an A you would press like nine three times or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> and you sort of take ten minutes to write one text to a friend. <laughs> yeah, and every time you press the button, it'd make the same dull noise like beep beep beep, and and you yeah. just hear yourself typing all the time. And the batteries lasted for like weeks, but they do. <laughs> And it's funny, yeah, you talk to kids now that are like, what do they call it, leet speak, where they've swapped numbers and letters in to shorten words up. They probably have no idea that that all came about purely because it was so hard to type anything on your phone. (laughs) Yeah, it's just just easy to call someone. It was, it was a lot easier. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear, so can you remember the first time you saw the Intel, the web then, once once the web appeared and browsers appeared? Can you remember... Yes, well, I, I remember. Like... I, I think it was before we'd bought a home computer, and, and there was the computers at work. They upgraded the computer systems at work, and suddenly we had um, Google, and we were searching, and you could type anything in and go to any website. And um, it, it, it was really good. And that, I think that kind of then spurred me on to say, right, well, we need a computer at home because I was spending so much time in my lunch break and stuff playing with the internet, going on it and typing yep. in, you know. Just anything, BBC, reading the news and um, yep. EasyJet flights and anything. It was like, wow, at your fingertips. So it was like, oh, we need one of these at home now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. It's It's been a huge game changer, hasn't it? It's made the whole mm. world so much smaller. Oh, oh massive, yeah, yeah. Um, even things like Skype, when I can Skype my brother in America and we can see each other and I, he can see my children, we can I can see his. And, and it just makes such a difference back to the days when we'd be all huddled around the, the telephone at home and being yep. careful you went on it too long because it was costing a fortune and, and the line wasn't great and there was always a delay on the phone you'd be talking and there'd be this massive pregnant pause where because you could tell it was going so far around the world whereas now you can communicate in seconds and, and talk at normal speed yep so yeah oh massive game changer yeah, i'd forgotten about that yeah because i've got an uncle that lives in san francisco and we used to talk to him, and you would hear the echo in the background while you were talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if, if you, you kind of stop your conversation and you'd pause, yeah. waiting for a reply, <laughs> and they'd be pausing, waiting, for, have you actually finished? And there'd just be a huge pause, and then they'd reply, and it was just it yeah. got so confusing. And you talk over each other, and you just get so frustrated. But that, that's what we had at the time in, in the 80s, really, wasn't it? That's all yeah. we had. So once the web had appeared, and... Mm-hmm. You obviously you were using the web. At what point can you remember it turning around to thinking I can have a page on the web? It's not that long ago, six seven years ago. I a friend had his wife had a, a blog, and I was like, oh, what's one of them? And he was saying that 
she'd had their first child and she, she was doing kind of like um like a mum blog and talking about bringing the child up and all sorts of kind of things uh, like a, a, a mum blog and he he used to share it on his facebook page every now and then. i thought well that sounds interesting i'll just have a look at that and i click on it and she, she was on blogger yeah. and and i was like wow how professional does that look you know because of the themes and 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 i'd, I'd Obviously, the content, I'd read it. The content didn't obviously appeal to me because it was all about mums, et cetera, and stuff. But I was like, wow. this!" And he was saying, yeah, you know, she gets comments from people in New Zealand and all around the world, and she gets a lot of people following it and liking it. And I was like, oh, I like the sound of that. That sounds really good. And and just, just clicking it, I thought, it looks look just like a professional website. And I, I didn't know anything about WordPress or Blogger or anything. And I kind of started Googling about it and how to create a free account and... And that's really got me intrigued. And I think within about two months, I'd created one on Blogger. Um, so it was by, ch- by chance, really. And, and I'd say only in the last, I think about six, seven years ago, about 2013, 2014, I started. Along the way, then, you started posting stuff to the internet. Yes. Um, can you remember the first kind of interactions you had with people that had found your blog? Initially, I set up a football blog. That was the first thing I did in... I've had personal blogs as well, but I, I set up a football blog. So it was initially I would. It you were was on blogging about the game at the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'd do it like an opinionated piece. It was something about my thoughts on that game or what's happening at that football club at that time. And what I did was I would share it to my personal Facebook page, where all my work colleagues and friends would would kind of read it. And it was the comments within facebook that started really rather than other bloggers or people on yeah on blogger and people would were reading it and i was like oh wow and people were like commenting, and they clearly read it because their comments were explaining about what i'd said and i thought well, this is really good this and i like that kind of community yeah spirit so to speak um so a lot of it came really by the comments were on social media rather than on on blogger so that's where I remember kind of, oh, I'm throwing something out there into the World Wide Web and something's coming back. <laughs> They're actually reading it. So were there any kind of um, blogs along the way that you discovered while you were looking at various other people's blogs that stick in your mind as being kind of ones you wanted to be like or to aim to be, you know, in going in that direction along the way? As I sort of self-taught my way through it and I eventually went to wordpress and that was a bit more in depth even though the free wordpress rather than blogger was a lot very easy to use but you had to put a bit more thought process into wordpress yeah it's a bit of a step up isn't it (laughs) yeah and um i found um a guy who was in manchester who had a similar football blog and i think we just i can't remember who we 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 got in touch with each other and we were kind of at the same start of the journey and what we wanted to do and uh, we shared ideas and we used to message an email and, and share ideas about what we wanted to do, how we were going to grow it, how we were going to grow a following, how we, what we what ultimately wanted on the website and how it would look. And um, we kind of helped each other through the process, really. That's probably where it started. And I'd, you'd look at what's out there. Obviously, you've got, certainly from a sports point of view, you've got, you know, huge companies out there. You've got all your, your media, your newspapers are all online and, and stuff. So you, can't, you, you will look at how others do it. And then I, I started a, a personal blog as well at the same time. So, and I think that's probably where I probably found yourself. Yep. Because um, <laughs> yeah, we've kind um, of known about each other online for what, about two years now, maybe something like that? Yeah. Yeah, and we keep 
um, we keep somehow crossing um, paths. <laughs> yes, by like you said at the start, by kind of ripping it up and starting again, or suddenly going right. I'm, I'm, I'd either for me throw it in the bin and get frustrated with it, and then suddenly pop up six months later and go, oh, I'm back again. Um, or, so, you know, you'd move, it, you'd move it around the internet. You might move it around the internet. I was throwing it in the bin and starting again and then wishing, why did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> so this is the big question. Why have you torn the blog up from time to time? Self-doubt, um, I think, is massive sometimes. I think you, you look... There's so many blogs out there and so much advice out there and I sometimes wondered what did I what I couldn't find what I was looking for. I know that's a song, but I couldn't I couldn't <laughs> and and it, it was strange because what did I what I enjoy the writing, I get a lot out of blogging just by writing and if, if only a few yes. people read it, that's not too bad. It's kind of cathartic, isn't it? Yes, I don't I don't I don't write to get shares, likes, comments, that kind of thing. I, I like I like producing a piece of work. I, I look at my blog and I say, I that's my piece of the internet. That's my part of the internet. I've produced that. That I'm I'm really proud of it. Might not be the best thing in the world, but that's mine, and yep, I, I get a that. lot out of it. But at the same time, it's nice to get that interaction, like what what we've ended up doing here now. Yes, and I like it's nice to get somebody replying back or somebody following you and suddenly growing that community where you help each other out or you just yak about what you've written about. And I got very torn between just being quite happy with what I had and being small and ex- accepting it's just a small little blog in this and this little fish in this massive pond to wanting more. And for a couple of years, for a number of years, I always wanted, I got a bit obsessed with viewing stats analytics wanting to grow it yeah. at a facebook page it's a twitter slope, page isn't it? it is and i don't today i'm a lot more relaxed about that and yes don't get me wrong i think the more you put in it the more you get out of it but i haven't i've got to remember i've got a family i've got a busy life yeah. and blogging kind of is a lot further down the the, the list yeah. And you, you can't do it full time. You've got to either invest a lot, some money, and a lot of time to 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 get to where some blogs are. And yeah. I think, and for years, I, I battled with that and struggled with it and wanted to. My intention was to really, right. I'm really motivated now. I'm really gonna. I'm really gonna uh, put hundred percent into this. I'm gonna really try and push it out there. You know, I'm gonna follow people to get followers back. All that kind of thing. I'm gonna really kind of comment leave comments all over chatting to people try and build it and then within two weeks i'd lost my heart wasn't in it and i thought it's a bit false and where i've come to a point now where i feel much more relaxed and i have a steady group of people who read it who comment who share it and yes i'd like to have more of an audience but i get so much out of writing a piece and i feel and getting and getting something off my chest and writing it yeah so you, you do you, you I'd got it is it's a it's a bit of a viper pit it's a bit of a slippery slope to go down but I suppose we've all been through it we've all got our own journey with yeah. blogging it's an interesting one I've been obviously I've been doing these recordings now and I've got a few in the bank kind of waiting to go yeah and it's such a common story that what you're saying about you know um, starting out with wanting just to, you know to get some writing out there 
and suddenly yeah. it's not just about the writing anymore. We have all this information at your fingertips and it's almost, voyeur is the wrong word, but being able to find out that somebody looked is, is kind of, yeah, yes, it's, that's the and, trigger. And with, <laughs> and with WordPress as well, they had this annoying habit that when you log into WordPress, it takes you straight to your stats page. I don't want yep. to see it. <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and straight away you're like, oh, so I, I only had 10 people read that, did I? <laughs> and, <laughs> that took me two hours. <laughs> and, and it's, it's um, I think... I think also more from the personal blog side of things. I was very, I've been very torn with, am I anonymous? And then I can talk more openly I about the same struggle. When we started a family, and obviously we we adopting two children, and the process that we went through, and to get to that stage, and then beyond, and the the few years, and then obviously having children and, and in the house, and how our lives changed. Um, I could have wrote book after book after book um, on it, and but at the time I was ne- I never even knew about blogs in in two thousand and four. Um, whereas that if I if they did if they'd have aligned and I, and I'd been into blogging at that time, I think to myself, wow, I could have wrote so many stories for for about our experience and our journey. But I think to myself, well, would be, would I be anonymous? Have, have I got to put that barrier, that safety blanket there? But then I think. Does that put people off? And then I think, well, if I'm if I, I bear my soul to the internet, and here's me pay. This is my picture. This is welcome into the world. My world. That makes me vulnerable. Yeah. And I think again that self doubt comes in, and I don't know whether it's whether it's me, and I'm a Gemini, and I'm always in two minds, <laughs> and I'm always <laughs> procrastinating, and I'm always thinking. So so I sit down sometimes on a personal blog, and I think, right, I'm going to write about this, and then within seconds I'll go. Will anybody read it? Will anybody be interested in it? Is that boring? And I've taught myself out of it 30 seconds later. And that's where sometimes I've kind of started a blog with the best intentions. And then I've got a couple of weeks, a couple of months into it. And I go, I've hit a bit of a brick wall. Nobody's re- You get disheartened if nobody's reading it. And then I kind of, I kind of then start, right, forget it. And instead of pausing it and logging out, I have to get rid of it. And I delete it. <laughs> and, I, and, and there's something very therapeutic about ripping it all up and consigning it to the bin. And then six months later, I get that itch again and I go, I want to blog again. I want to do a personal blog. And, <laughs> and, and, and then hence I pop up again and go, hi, Jonathan, I'm here now, but this is my name. And, and, and remember me. And you yeah. must be thinking, well, what's going on? Yeah, but I, I've done it as well. So I know yeah. exactly where you're coming from. So, so some real issues there in terms of self-confidence, self-doubt um, with where do I pitch myself? But it's also quite funny because my wife will just sort of say, "What, what are you doing now?" And I thought you were blog. Oh no, I, I, I can. I got rid of that. Oh, I get the oh, same reaction. Like. Yeah, what, what you, what you like? And then next minute you're like, I'm on the laptop, and she's going, she can hear me tapping away, and she's going, "Are you blogging again?" I go, "Yeah, I've started again." She'll just look at me and shake her head. <laughs> I was just going to say, um, so your family and friends know about your blog then? Yes, they do. Um, like I say, initially, at the very start, the way I got views, well, for people to read it, was by sharing it on my personal Facebook page. Um, yep. uh, and that's that's where it started. So people have always known. Now with my, with, with my sport one, my football one, I, they, have, they have separate a separate page and, and only certain people who, who are interested will, will read that. I don't then share it onto my personal ones. I keep it very separate now. But yeah, that, that's that's people know. And that's where I was 
that's where I was torn between. I know who's going to read it, but do I really want to write that? Or, or, you know, you've, you're opening yourself right open, aren't you? Um, I know what you mean. People to pry in, and, and I mean, some people are not as bothered, but maybe I overthink it. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe I should just do it and stick to it. The probably people will listen to this and go, "Well, I'm I'm like just go and do it," whereas I maybe think too much and w- worry about a million and one things instead of just writing and and and. It's an interesting what... one. Yeah, it's an interesting yeah. one. I've talked about this with a few people where if you go the anonymous route and you're under a pseudonym the entire time yeah at some point your cover is going to be blown absolutely and it's happened yes. to every big name blogger that hid that hid behind a pseudonym they've all been uncovered over time yes oh, what was her name belle du jour that wrote the famous sex blog years ago and it turned out she was a research scientist and she got outed <laughs> by the press and that was the end of wow. that Yes. Petite Anglaise, the girl that used to write in France, like one of the first famous bloggers that got fired for her blog. And yeah, the papers got hold of it, and within days they'd found out who she was. Yes, yeah. And I, I always remember there was um, there was one called, uh, it was like a, a police one, it was Inspector Gadget, I think it was called, blogs, and, and I think they wrote all books. Yes. And had a blog started, and, and books, and it was anonymous because of the things that they talked about, the frustrations in, the, in their, their role, etc., in their job. And I think ultimately they, they got outed and and it had to stop and I, yeah. I don't think I don't think they actually lost the job because I don't think they were quite close to the bone but it was it was just more look this is what things are really like but ultimately it came to an end because somebody yeah. rumbled them either by just by I think by what you write you you can't help but identify where you live or something about yourself. It's so interesting because yeah, yeah it no, is I think no matter how hard you try to hide your tracks, I think. It's a bit, uh, the story I always think of is um, J.K. Rowling, who wrote the Harry Potter books. She went yes. and wrote a detective novel because she you know, was trying to break away from Harry Potter at the time. And she invented this pseudonym of Robert Galbraith. And an editor was reading it, nothing to do with the publishing company that she worked with, but somebody was reading it and kind of picked up on the, the style of writing. Yeah. Yeah, they did syntactic analysis on the text. Wow. And, and compared it to the Harry Potter books, and that's how they nailed who it was. Yeah, and and some people will really want to know and and investigate and 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 I also think sometimes if if you're if you if you're out there and and that's my profile picture and I'm 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 I'm, I'm not anonymous and I'm open and here I am warts and all. Uh, I think sometimes I think that people are more likely are more people more likely to follow you because you're a human and you're real. Whereas if you're anonymous, are people put off by that? And and all these things just whiz around in my head when I'm thinking about it. And that's why sometimes I think my head hurts right consigning to the bin goodbye. And then six <laughs> later I'm like, ooh, I really must start again. I've got so much to say. And then I, I kick think, myself. Yeah, it because, takes a lot of the complexity out of it, doesn't it? If you're just yeah. transparent and you are you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's at least the way I kind of validate it to myself. Yeah. I know some people have said I'm mad for writing under my own name. But then, you know, why not? Is the I've got nothing to hide, yeah. I guess. No, and and when I read your posts, and obviously you you, you say about what you you dip in, dip your toe into about work and and go into Germany and etc. In a way we work, but you're, you're obviously very clear that you can't talk about certain things. So you, you, there's the boundary, there's the line. But I'll, you you, you yeah. talk about that, you know, you you talk about your daughters as Miss Nineteen or Miss Thirteen, and. And and they're just kind of like 
the ground rules, aren't they? Um, it's interesting, so you actually. Be yeah. And open, but you know, there's a boundary, and and that's where it is, and and everybody kind of reads it and understands that, and then you don't push that boundary. It's an interesting one, actually, writing about the kids. I think you probably went through the same thing when they were little. It's kind of fair game to share things that you're doing as a family. Yes. And then as they're growing up, it's really their story. It's not your story anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, yeah, yeah, I worry about the people who share every detail of their children's lives on Facebook. Because at yeah. some point, those kids are going to turn around and said, every, you know, they're going to realise that every moment of their life was shared without their permission. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, they get to you know they get to be young teenagers and they vanish off the camera for several years. <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah, they disappear off the off the planet, don't they? And yeah, then they if there's a camera so in the, if there's a camera anywhere nearby, they are not there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre how they overnight change. Um, yeah. My youngest is thirteen, and he, he's still not he's still not too bad. But I think. Give him another six months or so, and it will it will change, and then he'll probably reappear in about four or five years. And yeah, and I that, think everyone has the same experience with their children. It's really odd. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, massive. <laughs> so, where do you see your blog going in the future? Do you think you're going to hang on to it? Yes, um, the as we know, I've had a number of of the blog, the the, the football one. I had one that lasted a, a few years, and then it was self hosted, and then. The fees went up, and I, I kind of—I don't know—I kind of come to a bit of a, a crossroad. And I used to—I used to write on. What happened was, I got people got in touch with me and was like, "Oh, I like your blog post. Do you want to—do you want to come and write for mine?" And their site was like ten times bigger than mine. And I was like, "Yeah, yeah I'll do a bit of guest blogging." And and I kind of lost my direction. And so this one I've got now is coming up for twelve months, and. Like I say, I'm in I'm in a different place now where I'm so much more chilled out about the whole thing, and I don't panic if I've not written for seven days, or if I've I used to overcomplicate it. So I think I will stick around with it. I'm quite happy doing what I'm doing, and I'm obviously dipping my toe into the podcasting side. I've got I think this time I've had quite a few friends who've been really interested from the off, and they've wrote articles on my site. Um, for me they've wrote stuff and I've put it on the website so that makes a big difference when you've got people chipping in and helping out so you don't feel under pressure that it's all me I'm having to write everything I'm having to think about what to write I'm having to put constantly on social media pushing it out there it's it's a lot of work but what yeah. reward really um, it is yeah so so I'm, I'm I'm happy where I'm going I I can see myself and, and I've kind of finally got it's took me a long time but I've got to that mindset where I realise not that I particularly want to be something massive. It's got to be longevity. Yeah, you've got to be. You you can't just expect um, a big follow. Well, I say a big following. A following in six months. It could take six years. And and when I when I come round to one month ago, giving it serious thinking again, I had to make that clear to myself that it's not about am I here in three months? I've got to still be here in three years. And the first year set the bar low what, what what where i want to be where i might then want to be in the second year and the third year yeah without being wanting to be something super duper it's and you've just got to break that down and be re, uh, be realistic so first year's done really well um and it helps having a bit of support with a few people helping out yeah 
it's like you kind of build a small community in a way, a small circle of friends, don't you? And yes. that pushes yes. you on then because you read each other yes. and it makes it so yeah, much easier. And, and also as well, I think to myself, if I had that kind of hissy fit and wanted to throw it in the bin again, I, I wouldn't want to because these these people, like my friends or work colleagues, and they 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 really enjoy it. Yep. And I can't disappear because they'd be gutted. <laughs> <laughs> if I did. So it, so all, it spurs me on as well that they contribute and send me stuff, and and that they're also really keen in in doing a couple of podcasts with with me, which obviously motivates me. But I feel like they're part of the team, and I can't I can't just walk away because they'd be like, oh. All right, okay, <laughs> and, be, and, and be quite disappointed. So uh, that keeps me going as well. That's fantastic. Right. So, where can people find your blog? My football blog is at www.halftimepie.co.uk. So it's a reference to the horrible the pies pie. they sell at football yeah, stadiums. Yeah, halftime pie that you would eat, dodgy pie, or that's at a thousand comes out of the oven at a thousand degrees and you can't eat it for about three days because it's so hot. Um, so <laughs> halftimepie.co.uk, and <laughs> it is a so mystery, isn't it, of why the food is so bad at football grounds? Shocking, absolutely shocking. So I, I used to, I, I racked my brain about what to what to call it and. There's so many different phrases with football, and uh, but that's what I kind of came up with, and it, and it kind of stuck. Um, so that's where you can find it. And then there's a, there's a Facebook page, the Halftime Pie, and there's a Twitter, which is Halftime Pie site, is the handle. So okay, I'll put all the links it. in the show notes. Make well, it easy for people to find it. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you and going. Yes, it's been a trip you. down memory lane for me as well. To remember <laughs> all about <laughs> the bands thanks. and the football and <laughs> yeah, yeah, and blogging and yeah, and the computers. Same problem, and... <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's been brilliant. You have been listening to Jonathan Beckett's podcast. If you liked it, you can find more episodes at soundcloud.com slash John Beckett. You can also find Jonathan's blog at johnbeckett.com. If you'd like to get in touch and have your blog featured on the podcast, head to johnbeckett.com slash contact and let him know.